welcome back to Made to Flourish with your host, Ali Alamea, where we learn to blossom by faith and flourish within. I believe the Lord is calling us to rise up, take a stand, and flourish. To listen to this episode, grab some water, a cup of coffee, or tea, sit back, kick up your feet, relax, and enjoy this talk show. Hi everyone, I hope you guys had a wonderful week. I am so excited to share this episode with you guys and I love that the Lord placed this on my heart. So the topic for today will be first love and I think a lot of the times we pray for the Lord to be our first love or we talk about it and we wonder what does that actually mean? Why do people say first love? How can God actually be our first love if maybe we fell in love before or we experienced something else like what does that mean in the Christian world so I want to share a little bit about my story and what I experienced because when I first became a believer I was completely in love with the Lord with Jesus because he rescued me from literally the pit of death of hell I was on the road of destruction onto death and he stretched his arm out and rescued me and took me out of that and I just want to share part of that story to be an encouragement to others but also that even from that place where I encountered him and he became my everything and my first love after a while I forsake that and it wasn't my intention it wasn't what I desired but I think going through hard seasons we can idolize other things and put other things as our priority and forget that he is the highest priority and he is so jealous for our time desires to spend all the time with us and walk with us and hear us and just really fellowship with us and if you don't know what fellowship means it's just another way of hanging out or spending time with someone or with the lord and it's such a wonderful thing that we have in the christian community so i meant to say that there was a time that i forsook my first love and for anyone that doesn't know what that means it means abandoned or gave up And in a way, I would say that that did happen, but my heart wasn't to walk away from the Lord or give up my relationship with the Lord, but my priorities were out of whack and I definitely didn't put him first. So I just want to read this devotional so we can start off this episode. As a new Christian, we would have experienced the first love, quote unquote, with God through this fervent hunger for God's word. We would have spent hours praying and meditating upon his word, but as years went by, the busy life of this world might have kept us away from his word, and we have lost our first love for God. We can see in Revelation chapter 2 that the church of Ephesus had started with great enthusiasm and love for the truth. However, the battles of this world and spiritual negligence caused them to lose their enthusiasm for God. This is also true in our lives and today's churches. Many of us who started our Christian walk with God and the launch of new churches happen with great enthusiasm and evangelistic vision. Somewhere down the line, we have lost our hunger and zeal for the Lord as we had in our early days. May these days of prayer rekindle and renew your fire for God. 
We have to remember from where we have fallen and repent so that we will go into a renewal with God. If we return diligently to read God's word and ask him to renew our hunger for his truths, the Lord will definitely answer your prayers. As you keep reading his word, you will find God speaking to you directly and your spiritual strength will be renewed. God also wants us to stir up one another and help them renew and find their first love for God as well. One of the key aspects of church is to have fellowship with our fellow believers and to strengthen each other. I just want to stop there for a moment and ask you, have you been seeking, searching, and desiring to restore that first love with God again? If so, just take a moment, if you're able to, and pause. And just ask the Lord to restore that hunger for his word and to ignite a fire within you so that you would desire to read his word because we are renewed and fueled by his love, by his grace, by his truth as we read the word of God. And also take a moment to pray and ask God to help you desire that and to help you want to spend time with him, fellowship with him, and fellowship with the believers around you in your community. And I also would like to challenge you, if you don't have these people around to fellowship with, reach out to someone or reach out to a group of people where you could have fun with and you can do something with where you could actually talk about the goodness of God and be honest first with yourself and with your community. If you're unable to really try and read the word of God or unable to desire that or feel like that flame, that fire died down, I don't want you to feel condemned, but I want you to feel challenged in a way that that can be restored again. That could be something that becomes part of your day again. And I would like to read a Bible verse before I get into a story. If you're able to turn to Revelations 2 verse 4 and 5, if not, just mark it down and take a look at it later. But I'm reading in the ESV version, which is the uh, English Standard Version. And the verse says, But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. So I love this verse because it is one calling us out calling us higher in a kind way of like, okay, if this is you and you feel like you have abandoned the love of God or the hunger that you once had for the Lord, not just reading the word, but just living a life that pleases him, there is an opportunity to turn away from that and to repent from that and ask God to help us follow him and desire him and look to him. And ultimately, he just desires to spend time with us. But if you look at the second part of this verse, um, verse five, it says, if not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. So he is calling us as a body of Christ into a place of repentance to be able to restore that first love. And I just feel like God has placed this on my heart and has been speaking about it with a lot of people that I've been talking to because he is so jealous for our heart. He's so jealous to spend time with us and want to 
grow with us and heal us and teach us so that way we could be examples for others so that we could be a light to this dark world so we could be a lampstand to the people around us that don't have a lampstand that don't have hope that don't have light that don't have a way to see the goodness of god but if we do not repent and turn away from the things that we are putting in a priority above the lord we are no longer able to show the power of God, to show the authority of God and his goodness to the people around us that are so seeking and searching for something more. There's so much brokenness in this world and so many people that are walking around dull and dry. And I can even be honest in saying there was a time where I didn't put God in the priority and he wasn't my number one and i felt dull i felt dry i felt like how would i be able to share the goodness of god or the supernatural power of god with someone if i'm not experiencing it myself if i'm not able to have those daily encounters and moments with the lord how can i show someone that that can be their reality too so as i'm reflecting and thinking of this i want to challenge you to think of that too because God is really pursuing our heart and he just wants to walk with us and use us as an example for other people. But ultimately, he wants to restore that first love. So if you can think about when you first encounter Jesus, whether you grew up in the church or not, and you have a crazy testimony or the most beautiful testimony where you didn't go into the world and make all crazy decisions, which I personally think that is the most incredible testimony, and I think a lot of people think that too, but whatever your testimony is, whenever you encounter Jesus, if you can think of that moment and realize, okay, how did I feel when I knew that God, that Jesus had a plan for me, that Jesus chose me, set me apart, and designed me for something so much greater than I can imagine, so much greater than I can dream of, so much greater than I can think of? Like, how did I feel in that moment? And as you're thinking about that, I'll tell you a little bit about my story when I felt like God took me on a journey to restore my first love. So a few years ago, I was experiencing new things, moving around, doing new things, and I landed in a place where I thought I had everything I could possibly dream of. I was so happy, so in awe, and just ecstatic because I turned my head around, I turned the corner, and I was just like, what? This is blowing my mind, and just completely in awe, like a child full of wonder. And I have to be honest, in that time when I had all that I thought I needed or desired or dreamt of, I think my prayer life and my devotional life and my Bible reading like lacked a little bit. It decreased a little bit, which I didn't notice at the time because I was still doing it out of routine and out of habit. But my actual like time spent with the Lord and intimate time with him wasn't really growing as much as I would have liked it to or looking back now I could see why I got myself into a certain situation because I wasn't prioritizing the Lord in that way that we should. So in that time I was really overtaken by deception and really vulnerable because um, I didn't put God in the highest priority. 
And there are so many noises, so many opinions, so many voices around me telling me what I should do, what I shouldn't do, how I should resolve situations, and who I should trust and who I should listen to. And I didn't really know what to do. So I listened to a few of these people and sometimes I went back to the Lord and I asked God, what do I do? How do I resolve this? But my mind was so clouded by everyone's opinion and the things that I was going through that I hardly even heard the voice of God. And I think that's an interesting thing to say, the voice of God, because sometimes it's not an audible voice and we can get it, his voice or know that he's speaking to us as um, an impression or a feeling or a thought. And there's so many ways that he speaks to us, but I felt that I wasn't really able to hear him. I wasn't able to discern or understand what the situation was in the moment and I was praying and asking the Lord and he spoke to me or shared something to me he gave me a picture and without going into all the details I took that picture and I was so happy and I interpreted the way that I wanted it to come out or come to pass and I didn't realize that so when the situation didn't turn out the way I thought it was, I got very upset with God. And in my prayer life and in my Bible time, it showed because I was afraid to approach God. I was afraid to speak with Him. I didn't even want to really hear His voice anymore. I used to have a lot of prophetic dreams at that time, and I used to know when to take a step forward or take a step back or be involved in something and not be involved in another thing. But that was very clouded in that time. And I actually decided that I didn't want to hear what God had to say. So I would read my Bible and I would spend time with him, but my heart was very closed, very, very closed. And I didn't realize it until like six months later, where I was worshiping and in a prayer moment with some friends, and I realized that my love for God was so dim. It was something that I never want to grow weary, you know? I never want to be less than, but in that moment I realized what's missing. It seems like there is a gap, a hole where I'm worshiping and I love the Lord with all my heart, but there's something there that's blocking me. And I ask God, please show me, Lord, what's missing. Please show me what I need to uh, surrender, what I need to laid down before your feet so that I could experience the reality of who you are, so that I could experience what you're speaking, what you're saying, because it was six months where I wasn't really hearing God's voice. I wasn't really aware of what he was doing or uh, speaking to me, and I missed him. I was thinking, wow, I remember the time when I was so confident that God was leading me to do this, and now I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. And he spoke to my heart in that prayer moment, and he said, you have forsaken your first love. And he touched my heart in such a way that I was blown away, and I just started sobbing, and I repented. I was like, Lord, 
please forgive me for forsaking my first love. I need your help to put you at the highest priority of my mind, of my life, of my desires, of everything that I'm doing, Lord. I desire you and I repent for putting other things, other people, other desires, other plans at the highest priority in your place because that is your place in my heart. So that was my prayer. And in that moment, I just felt him washing my heart, cleansing my heart, and showing me that I once again was able to walk in that first love. And it was the most incredible experience that I had falling in love with Jesus all over again. And I think we have moments where this happens, where he just blows our mind and we are able to encounter him in a new measure, in a deeper measure, so we can experience more of his presence and more of his glory. But being able to repent from that completely changed my life. And it helped me see that God is the highest priority and no person, no thing, no situation, no career, no plan that we have could ever fulfill the gap and the void that God fulfills because he fulfills the deepest longings and the deepest needs that we have. So in that moment, where I repented and I asked him to forgive me and fill that void, I felt completely transformed. And there was a complete shift in my perspective, in my desires, in my walk, in the way that I talked, in the way that I expressed myself, and in the way that I carried myself, and the way that I was able to function around people. I saw that there was an increase of confidence because I knew that I knew that I was loved and I was putting my first love first instead of the other things that are so temporary and that can waver and that sometimes disappoint us because people and things will disappoint us since they are not as constant as the Lord because we know that the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But everything else can change. Situations can change. People can change. And God is the only thing that promises us the stability and the security but once we surrender everything and we trust him he also aligns things to give us those healthy relationships and healthy um, things that we are involved in so I hope you understand my point in that but for my story I was needing to really surrender every other priority that I had and put him first so that everything could be built on that foundation of Jesus being the highest priority. So I'm not sure if you caught that, but in the midst of what I was sharing, I mentioned that I misinterpreted one of God's words. So he spoke something to me and I accidentally added to what he shared to me. And without going into the details, I just want to encourage you guys to be aware of when you feel like God is saying something and speaking to you and sharing something to you. Be careful not to add to those words because it can cause so much damage in our heart, in our mind, in our perspective, which in turn can make us think that God isn't a good father and he's not taking care of us or he doesn't love us, which those are lies from the enemy. But when things are twisted and they're made to be in a way that they're not supposed to be, 
that is totally possible. And it happened to me. I misinterpreted what God was saying, but more than that, I added to what he said. And then I grew very like bitter and afraid of misinterpreting his word again. So then it was those six months of, God, I don't know if I can hear your voice. God, I don't know if I want to hear your voice because what if I misinterpret it again? What if I add to it again? And I think in that season, I was a little more on the fear side of things where God was able to really overcome my heart and show me and tell me that he would help me get through situations and as he will help you get through situations. So if this is something that you can relate to or feel like has happened, know that there is a way out. Know that the Lord is so faithful and he really loves to teach us. He really loves to heal our hearts and to help us. And when we do repent and walk away from the ways that we were agreeing with that aren't agreeing with him, He can really do a beautiful work in our hearts. So going back to what I experienced, because I misinterpreted that and I added a lot to what God was speaking to me, it grew a lot of resentment in my heart. And it caused me to withdraw in a way that I never would have imagined because the Lord is my safe place. He was always my safe place from the moment that I encountered him. I knew that I could run to him and walk with him and rest with him. But because of this, I think I felt a little bit maybe shameful and not good enough. But I think that that, those thoughts are not right. You know, I think the enemy tries to get us into a mindset where we can't approach God so that way he won't be able to heal our hearts or help us grow. And that is totally not the plan of God. So being able to recognize that and turn around and then run to the feet of the Father and ask the Lord to touch our hearts and heal us is wonderful because he totally wants to do that. So in my case, I withdrew and I kind of kept the Lord at arm's length where I was like, I'm going to do what I know I should do, read the Bible and pray and listen to worship, but I'm still going to withdraw when I think you're speaking to me or when you're sharing something that I might not be ready to hear. And it took a while for me to open up and to be honest and to realize that that was something that I was doing. So all that to say is sometimes we could be going through something we might not even realize is going on. But with our prayer life, we can ask the Lord to open up our eyes to help us not be blind and to really change our heart and change our perspective to honor him and to be exactly who you who he designed us to be because there's always something that we can work on there's always something that we can heal from but i think sometimes we internalize or we aren't honest with ourselves or with god or with an accountability partner or a mentor then we get stuck in this cycle of fear stuck in this cycle of how could i even share with god because I was wrong before, what's to say that I won't be wrong again? And I think that this is a mindset we have to renew and really ask the Lord to change because it can get into a really rotten cycle 
and we don't want to stay stuck there. But this is a beautiful thing of restoring the first love. He washes our mind and he washes our heart and gives us the desire to walk in the opposite spirit, to walk in the opposite way of how we were walking before and in a way that we might have felt trapped, in a way that we might have felt stuck. But that is not the heart of the Father. He doesn't want us to feel stuck or trapped. Um, so I think the number one key is to be honest and to realize what's actually going on. Do we feel like we are stagnant in our walk with God? And what can we do to allow him to touch those spots in our heart so that we can grow and that we can flourish so that we're not stuck and not trapped in this place of confusion or stagnancy where we don't actually belong because we do belong in the abundant life, being able to experience full growth and full change and just all of the promises that God has for us. But when there are these roots in us that are holding us down and holding us back from the purpose and the potential that God has for us, we have to do the work to kind of weed them out. So you know that gardening analogy or just gardening in general, when there's weeds that are stuck in the ground and they take over the soil, they take over the land. And even if you plant something, it's impossible to see the fruit of that because the weeds are going over and under and in the roots and breaking the path of nutrition. But once you weed these things out and you take them uproot them from the depths and take them out so that way they're no longer bugging the soil, then you can plant new seeds and they would be able to grow and get the nutrition they need from the soil and blossom and flourish into the plant and fruit or vegetable or anything that you're trying to garden, maybe even flowers, but you do have to get those weeds out. You have to get those things that are in the way of receiving the nutrition and receiving the life and that correlates to our life with God as well. If we have deep roots that are holding us back and keeping us stuck, we have to uproot those and take them out so that way we could encounter the Lord in a pure form. We could encounter him in a way where we can feel like we're growing, we can see that we're growing because we're no longer being choked up by the things that tried to help hold us back in the past. So I hope this made sense to you guys, but I just love gardening and of course we are called to flourish, so I will be saying that a few times, but this just really paints a beautiful picture of seeing once we uproot these weeds, and take out the roots that are rotten or no longer receiving nutrition, we're able to grow and receive nutrition from the real source. And that source is the Lord. That source is the Holy Spirit. And that's all he wants. He wants us to be able to receive growth and receive life from him and really experience the abundant life. I love that word because 
We are promised the abundant life. I don't know about you guys, but before I encountered Jesus, my life was so dark and so dull and boring. I had like no purpose, no motivation, and it didn't shift from night and day once I encountered Jesus, but I began to dream. I began to have hobbies. I began to love life, and I just feel like that is something God wants to restore in all of us. He wants us to dream again. He wants us to learn to love the little things in life, learn to enjoy the little things. So once I encountered the Lord as my first love again a few years back, it was a journey and I began to see the wonderful, amazing fruit of reading the Bible, reading the Word of God. It came to life. It came to reality. And it is a little hard to get into that discipline. But one thing that I love to do is pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help me understand what it is that I'm reading. Because sometimes it can be a little complex, but when you ask the Holy Spirit for some help, I promise that it is so different. It literally comes to life and you're able to understand with a heavenly perspective and a fresh perspective. So I would like to challenge you to do that and see how that works and comment below once you are able to experience that and let me know if that shifted anything in your Bible reading time. I would love, love, love to hear that. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that's experienced this, but I think that there's sometimes seasons we go through where we feel a lot closer to the Lord, whether we are seeking Him every day or we aren't putting Him in highest priority. There are seasons where we can see that He speaks to us more than He does in other seasons. But I do want to challenge you that... If you aren't putting him in the highest priority and he's kind of like an afterthought, try to put him in the highest priority of your life, in your daily life, by even thanking him for the day once you wake up. It could really shift the trajectory of your day and you could feel so much more productive and excited just with starting off with a little bit of gratitude. I think when I started doing that, I began to see a shift in the way that I perceived the things that went on in the day because sometimes I would wake up with negative thoughts and not super excited for the day. But as soon as I got up, I'd be like, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for waking me up another day where I have breath and I have the opportunity to do something great or meet someone new or build different connections and different relationships. And I know that that used to be a challenge for me. So me being able to build different connections and have new opportunities to speak with people, I cherish that so much because I used to not be able to talk with a lot of people. I was very shy, believe it or not. But the Lord is just so good at restoring our hearts and renewing us and making us whole and giving us the confidence that we need. So anyway, there are some times where I don't prioritize the Lord every single day, but I definitely feel it. And I'm like, Lord, please help me put you first because I cannot live a day without you. I just end up feeling so 
out of whack and not balanced at all. So he's been kind enough to show me that in that way where I really need him just to be able to have a good day and be able to really um, think and function and enjoy life. Seriously, it's such an amazing time when you put God first. I believe 100% that He is our lifeline. He is the source of our peace, our joy, our desire to have a good life. Um, I'm speaking from a place where I had no motivation and had no hope for life, but I think that the real source of hope is the Lord and Jesus. So just to start off our day with Him is the most incredible thing. And gratitude is one of my favorite things to talk about. And I could really see a difference whenever I am practicing gratitude and not practicing it because it shifts something in our mind. It really shifts something in our perspective, in our brain. And if you don't start your day with gratitude, I would like to challenge you to wake up and thank the Lord for one thing that you experienced or one thing that you're excited for. Like maybe you can thank Him for your family or that you have a safe place to live or that you have a good job right now or that you are in school and you've always wanted to be in school or that you have good weather right now. It's super warm or kind of cold <laughs> wherever you are in the world. But gratitude is a wonderful thing. Okay, so getting back to the first love, which is something that God really restored in my heart and an example that I wanted to share with you guys. So after this whole encounter that I had with him where he really called me back to fall in love with him and have him as my first priority, my first love again, then a few months passed by and I got really busy in the season that I was in just being super involved in the activities that I had to do and I went home one day and I just spent like three hours with him praying, reading the word and listening to worship music and worshiping him. I also love to play guitar. That's one of my favorite things to do and I was doing that and I just took a moment to pause. A side note, it's very important to be silent when we're spending time with God because I feel like we can talk a lot but God wants to speak to us as well and when we're not silent we miss a lot of things that he's speaking to us or wanting to say to us so in this moment I chose to take a time of silence and I didn't know how long it would be I felt like it was forever but I realized it wasn't even that long so in the moment where I was silent I just felt the presence of God really surround me and fill me up. And I felt his peace. I felt joy. I felt comfort. And I just felt him whisper to my heart saying, I missed you. And it was sweet to, to hear that. It was sweet to feel that. And I wanted to understand what he actually meant by that. And I began to see a picture where there was a beautiful table set in a garden. And I felt like God was saying, I've set this table up for you and I've been waiting for you. And sometimes you came in like, and you came up to the table, but then you ran off because you had to go do something or you didn't have time to sit and listen or sit and spend more time. 
but this table has been waiting for you. And I could see myself sitting in this chair at the table in that moment. And I just felt like Jesus said, I missed you. I've been waiting for you. And I just began to sob. I'm like tearing up a little talking about this, but I began to feel his heart for me. And I want to be so bold to say that I can feel his heart for you too. He waits for us and he desires to fellowship with us and spend time with us and really hear our hearts, not just all of our complaints and all the things that we want to have resolved or want to talk about and then turn around and leave. But he also wants to speak into them and he wants to encourage us and heal our hearts. So in that moment where I was still before the Lord, he just kept reminding me, I'm waiting for you always and I'm here resting, desiring to spend time with you. And I don't know if you guys can relate to when we try to plan things with our friends and want to have everything perfect or want to have everything all set up and we get so excited, so excited. When we think about a friend that we haven't seen in a while, maybe a couple years or a couple months, and we set this amazing plan and we're so excited inside just filled with joy like wow i haven't seen this person in so long i can't wait to spend time with them i can't wait to hang out with them i can't wait to tell them all about my life and hear all about their life and i just felt like god said that same feeling that you have and that excitement that you just felt hearing what I explained, if you can picture yourself feeling those emotions and actually jumping with joy, excited to see somebody, that's exactly how God feels every single day waiting for us to hang out. He sets a table for us and desires to spend time with us and desires to hear about our day, desires to like share his heart on what he thinks about us. You know, he just is such an encouraging father, wants to help us see through his perspective. But that quite literally blew my mind where I could now feel what Jesus feels daily. So excited to spend time with us. So excited to meet with us. And I just want to share this story to encourage you. If you haven't had a time that you set apart to spend with your father, to spend with Jesus, take a time and set like 10 minutes and just sit in silence and ask him to speak to you and show you a picture or show you something that he has been wanting to share with you. And Take time to actually write it down and keep that with you so you can remember it because moments with the Lord is so special. They are so special. <laughs> um, yeah, so I hope that this really spoke to you and that you were able to envision what I was explaining here. But all that to say is that God is passionately pursuing our hearts. He wants all of us. He wants us to go all in. And sometimes we have one foot in and one foot out and we're kind of 
sketched out or afraid to give everything to God because we feel like we have something to lose. We feel like we're so comfortable in the life that we have where we have all that we need. We have everything we can imagine that we need, the people that we need. But there's so much more in Christ and we can experience so much more in his presence and in his heart and just really being able to find that joy and stability and confidence and true identity of who we've been designed to be. There's nothing like that feeling. There's nothing like knowing that we're chosen, knowing that we are set apart, knowing that we are loved, so loved that nothing we do can ever, ever, ever change that because he chose us, he designed us, he called us to be here on earth and he just wants to spend time with us. So if that is you and you feel like you've been a little distant from the Lord or feel like you have forsaken your first love, I just want to challenge you to repent and ask the Lord to fill you up with his glory, to fill you up with his truth, and to give you the desire and the hunger to seek him first in the morning, to seek him first above anything you do, think, imagine, desire, that he would be the highest priority in your life so that everything else would be added on. Everything else would begin to make more sense and it would work out because when we put God first, he takes care of the rest. And I think a lot of times we talk about loving our neighbor and loving people just like God loved them or to exercise kindness and forgiveness, which is incredible. And I love, love, love those qualities. But I think sometimes we forget that we have to love the Lord first above everything. And we have to also receive his love because we will not be able to love someone else if we don't know that we know that we know that we are so loved and forgiven and accepted and truly truly forgiven. I think the forgiveness portion is so big because once we know and believe that we're forgiven, we're able to receive that unconditional love that marks our hearts, that sets us apart, that transforms our lives, our desires, our understanding, who we are. And it just really renews our mind. It renews our perspective and it gives us the strength that we need to be able to continue living life, but also being an example to others of what love looks like, of what love is, and being able to extend an arm, a hand, to love a brother, to love a sister, to love someone else in our community or someone that might even be challenging to love, which I don't really love that term of saying like, love someone that's challenging to love or love someone that's hard to love because I think that isn't very kind. Um, I feel like we can all be a little hard to love, but we just have to see people with the eyes of Christ to be able to honor them and love them the way that they are meant to be loved. Because in Christ, we are and could be a new creation, but we are all broken before Christ. We're all lost and we're all um, l quite literally just engulfed by sin. So we need a savior. We need a redeemer to wash away all of the brokenness, all of the pain, all of the sadness, all of the things that hurt us in the past. We need him to cleanse us by the blood of Jesus. And I just want to read 
a verse in 1 John 2, 10 through 11, where it says, Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So when we think about this verse, we could see from starting to receive the love of God and knowing that we are loved, falling in love with the Lord and restoring that first love, we are actually able to love our brother and serve them. And this shows, it says, whoever loves his brother abides in the light. And that shows that we are able to abide in the presence of God, abide in his light, in his truth, because we know that we are loved and we know that we are restored and redeemed. So that way we can extend that same love to a brother and we are able to extend that same heart that God has for us, full of grace, full of love, full of kindness. And in this, we are able to show that there is no way to stumble. We don't cause our brother and sister to stumble because love literally bridges the gap between fear. It bridges the gap between pain. It bridges the gap between hurt. All of that. It can heal so much just by being able to love someone the way that God loves them too. And then the next verse, verse 11, says, But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness. So when we hate our brother, we're we're not walking in the light. This could be situational or overall in general. Because when we're hating someone or speaking bad about them, gossiping or not being a good example or just being rude to them and angry towards them, then we are actually partnering with darkness, walking in the darkness, and we are showing a reflection of what darkness is, of what evil is, and this actually causes a lot of harm. So we have to be super diligent asking the Lord to wash our hearts with love, to wash our perspective with love, so that we don't, in a way, hate a brother or show them what it looks like to walk in darkness because we are supposed to be the ones that are walking in light and being able to reflect that light, reflect that love. Because if we walk in that darkness, we won't know where we're going, just like the rest of the verse says. It says, But whoever hates his brother is in the dark darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So when we walk in this darkness, we not only cause others to see this darkness or reflect this darkness, but we also walk in that darkness. And then we walk in a place where we can be blind, where we can't see clearly. We're not able to see God's perspective. We're not able to walk in his love. And that to me is so scary. I would not like to reflect darkness or be someone that reflects hatred towards someone, a brother or sister in Christ, or even someone that doesn't know God at all. We should be ones that show love and show truth and are able to show the light because there's so much confusion in this world. There's so much 
noise and people's opinions and what they want to say and what they want to do, but we have to focus on what is love? What is God talking to us about love? How does he love? How did he show us love? How does Jesus show love? We just really have to focus on that instead of being an example of darkness. And I speak that to myself because I feel like when there's moments that I could show kindness or love, sometimes I could be quick to get angry, but I have to remind myself, how do I want to represent Christ right now? Because I love the Lord, I love Christ with all of my heart, and we are human. Of course, we make mistakes and get upset and get sad or mad or or all of the emotions, maybe we explode. But I think it's how we choose to walk in that and how we choose to respond after something like that happens. Mostly, we should be able to have the self-control to not react in a way that hurts people that don't even know Christ and even know Christ. But I think that if that happens because we're human, taking accountability and being able to admit our fault is so huge. It's so, so huge. And it actually shows love because we are not perfect. We might fall and we might make a mistake, but we are also able to take accountability for that and show others that we love them enough to resolve the problem, love them enough to resolve a situation, a hurt, an offense, a pain that happened, that we're not just going to ignore it or pretend like it didn't happen, but we're able to walk in the light, expose the light, and talk about it. I think communication is something that is so important and not talked about enough because sometimes we tend to put something under the rug when we feel like it's too hard to deal with or when we feel like we don't know how to deal with it. But I believe that that's not showing a person love because it's kind of ignoring the fact of what happened and not addressing it. And I feel like even in the word, when you look at it, like Jesus addressed things that were hard. He addressed things that were difficult. And that was a way of loving, even confronting difficult topics, confronting difficult situations. That is a form of love. But all that to say is we won't know how to work that way or resolve conflict or have good communication if we're not looking to the great communicator, if we're not looking to the to the one that loves in such an unconditional selfless way, and that person is Jesus. So in some of all this, just remembering that Jesus is the one that can show us what true love is and how to surrender our understanding, surrender our ways. Sometimes we tend to fight for justice or want to um, stand up in righteousness, which is something I love to do. But we have to ask the Lord, is this what I'm supposed to do today? Is this how I'm supposed to resolve this conflict? Um, is my heart prepared in a healthy way where I won't show mostly darkness or anger? Am I able to step out into the light and share what you're speaking to me, God, how you convicted me, and did you prepare the other person's heart? 
can you prepare the other person's heart? These are all prayers that we can spend time asking the Lord and really being intentional in not wanting to defend ourselves or um, have a case for ourselves where we resolve it, but that we can really just surrender and trust that the Lord is good and he's our defender. But above everything, we really have to see, like, how does God love this person? And I think in us really receiving the love from God and focusing on our first love, we could also ask him to help us see with his perspective. Because if God loves me so, so much, and he loves you so, so much, he loves everyone the same. So if we're having an issue with someone, or we don't know how to resolve it, or may not know how to love someone, all we have to do is pray for them. All we have to do is ask God, Lord, help me see this person the way that you see them, and help me really hear your heart on behalf of them so that I could love them the way that you love them. And that's just so beautiful because even with that, we're not in this on our own and we can ask God for help. We can ask him to guide us and lead us and speak to us so that way we could be a good instrument for him and that way we could be the one that portrays light and loves people the way that Jesus would. So talking about finding our first love again or returning to our first love and falling in love with Jesus again, I just want to ask the question, have you lost your warmth and enthusiasm for Christ when you think about it in the beginning or maybe you haven't even had that experience, but do you desire to have that wonderful childlike faith to be one with Christ and to know his heart? If your answer is yes to either one of those questions, I have some good news for you. It's never too late and God can actually restore that first love for you and with you right now in this very moment if you just pray and ask him to and ask him to give you the desire to love him again and to pursue him with all of your heart and also if you've never experienced that before but you desire to know him or have heard a little bit about christ and wonder what a life would look like with god and with christ I want to challenge you to take a moment and pray and ask Jesus into your heart and ask Jesus to speak to you and help you understand what it looks like to live a life of faith and that he would bring the right people around you and surround you with a good community, a healthy community, so that you could grow and learn all about him. But also, I just want you to know that he is pursuing you and he loves you and he brought you to listen to this podcast for a purpose and for a reason because he wants to restore that first love. And I think it's just so beautiful when we put God first and we prioritize Jesus because he can literally change our life from like death to life and change it from darkness to light and it's the most incredible thing ever. I just want to leave you with this one verse in Psalm 105 verse 1 where it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, 
call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. And I love this verse because you can literally call upon the Lord and you can call upon Jesus and he will respond. He will be there. He desires to walk with you. He desires to know you. He desires to hear your heart, to help you not feel lonely anymore, to know so that you can know you are not alone and that you have a purpose and you have a plan. And I think that it's so beautiful to just start that walk now and watch everything unravel and watch how the Lord will carry you and take you and help you really walk the life that honors him. And for my people that are in this place of not knowing what to do because they have lost their first love, I'm the first one to say I was so guilty of that. So please take me as a first example. I'm raising my hand right now and we can do this together, repenting to the Father and asking him to restore our first love and to help us see what it looks like to live a life that is so passionately pursuing the Lord that is completely obsessed with all the things the Lord has for us and who he is and his character, that we can adore him above everything and anything, that our heart posture would be one to honor him and place him first and to place him on the highest priority of our life and the highest priority of our desires and plans and dreams. And my favorite thing to say is praying that he would be in the throne room of our heart, that he would be on the highest part of our heart in all of it, not just in little spaces, but that he could take room, that he could be in the entire part of our heart, that there not be one space in our heart that we're holding back or that we're afraid of. And if there's something that we are afraid of giving to him, surrendering to him, asking him to help us surrender that fear, but also that he would guide us to a place where we could let go of the things that are holding us back or making us afraid, that we could know fully and 100% that we're not in it alone. You can reach out to me in my email and get a hold of me. I would love to pray for you and walk this out with you. That email is trywait323 at gmail.com and I would love to pray for you, hear from you if this resonated with you or if you just need someone to pray with you, please reach out and I would love to pray for you and get in touch with you. So please don't hesitate to email me so that I can follow up with you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Love you guys. You're amazing. Until next time.